Talk number 135. It's Tuesday, November 13, 2007. I'm sorry that I disappeared for a couple weeks. I took a new job, and needless to say, I've been pretty overwhelmed with all my new responsibilities. It also took a while to unwind myself from my previous job. My apologies for the lack of interviews and content here, but I'm going to try and pick up the pace now that I've had a little time to settle in. I have to forgive the audio quality right now. Um, I'm not on a computer that I traditionally do recordings on. I'm actually using some external microphone here. And uh, I'll hopefully get everything back in regular working order soon. I don't have an interview that I recorded for you today. Actually, it's an interview that was recorded for me. So here it is. This is Michael Dexter at EuroBSDCon 2007 in beautiful Copenhagen on behalf of Will Backman and BSD Talk. Today on BSD Talk, I am talking to BSD developer Jörg Zonenberger. Welcome to the program. Thanks a lot. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I specifically said BSD developer, as your experience is very extensive. I'd like to touch on five or so areas that you have worked on, and please tell us, how did you get started in BSD development? When I started university, I got a new laptop, and I needed working wireless LAN for it. FreeBSD 5 wasn't ready at the time, NetBSD and OpenBSD didn't work too well for me either, and that was around the time when Matt Dillon was announcing the Dragonfly project. It was missing the Cardbus support, uh, which is a 32-bit PCMCIA extension, and well, my first work was actually to backport uh, the support from FreeBSD 5 to Dragonfly, and that's how I got involved. I understand that you moved on to bringing package source to Dragonfly. Was that out of a similar need? And please tell us about that. I've been doing quite a bit of fixing issues in FreeBSD ports uh, using the Dragonfly override system, where basically when a port wasn't working because it was touching system headers or similar and those changed, we copied it to the local repository modified it and well we had some hacks to get the override version instead of the local version in the port stream that didn't work too well after some time because uh, dragonfly was diverting from freebsd and it was a mess to keep uh, in sync with freebsd ports and it was a quite a maintenance hassle and in 2005 another developer started with package source he got the bootstrap working and some critical pieces so you could actually start to do something useful with it i tried it out i liked it and i started to merge the local changes we had for dragonfly into package source and 
well, after a while, Thomas Klausner and some other developers got annoyed by all the patches they got and offered me the chance to directly work on package source. And with that, well, most of the work to get third-party applications to work was now actually done in package source. So it was kind of an easy decision for most users whether to use FreeBSD ports or package source. Because for FreeBSD ports, you had to do all the work yourself. For the other, you got most of it for free. I understand you moved on to NetBSD Power Management. Did you get a new laptop? Actually not. Um, my current laptop is already two years old or so. Jared McNeil started to work on Power Management a while ago. He wanted to improve the ACPI support for Suspend and Resume, which works on some machines but works on a lot of other laptops doesn't work at all on AMD64 and there's also the problem that many devices are normally unused in a system and so you would like to have them powered down automatically if they are not in use like when a network interface is not up it should be powered down if you don't use the sound card it should be powered down and so on and there's a branch in NetBSD PM whose purpose is exactly that, to improve power management support, get it into more drivers, and so on. Would you consider yourself a NetBSD developer at that time, or an agnostic Dragonfly and NetBSD developer? I'm mostly agnostic about the BSD I am working on. The reason I'm using NetBSD right now is because it works better on my laptop than Dragonfly. I do like a lot of the ideas in Dragonfly. There's no reason why I wouldn't use FreeBSD because there's already another York there, so it makes it a bit difficult to choose a different login name. But I don't mind OpenBSD at all. I'm likely to contribute some patches for that as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm relatively agnostic about the BSDs. Most importantly, is York at OpenBSD available? Yes, it is. I understand that you've recently done a Summer of Code project with Google to work on package source. Can you tell us about that? The Summer of Code project consisted of two major parts. The first part was to get the automatic framework for building all packages on a platform into better shape. One really major problem with the old system was that it can't handle multiple CPUs or a distributed build cluster very well. And one of the design goals of the new system was to be able to utilize multiple machines in a very easy way, add them dynamically when they become available. If they drop out, uh, just continue without worrying. And the second major part was about cross-compiling parts of package source. The parts most interesting for NetBSD were modular XORG. There were some attempts to get modular XORG handled the same way as we currently use X386, which is a huge amount of work. And because we need that in package source anyway, for example, for Dragonfly, it would just duplicate maintenance. The major reason we couldn't use package source all the time was that package source uh, can't be cross-compiled. And if you have 
slow architectures like Amiga or VEX. You don't want to build on those larger packages if you can. And fixing this is quite easy if you get package source to actually cross-compile based on the tool chain used by NetBSD for normal cross-compilation as well. And that's what the second part of the sum of code was about. Does that package source work apply to all platforms, such as Macintosh and perhaps Linux that support package source? The basic infrastructure works as long as you stay on a single platform, and the cross-compilation target has similar infrastructure as the base system. So if it's using ELF, and that's the biggest problem. I have some idea how to handle cross-compiling from a different OS, but that's completely untested. Otherwise, yes, it should work as long as you stay on a single operating system. So building uh, packages for NetBSD from NetBSD is fine. Building NetBSD packages from Linux might not work. At the conference, there was a state of the projects open discussion that was very interesting. And a key point was the concerns about the GPL version 3. Perhaps you can outline from a developer's perspective what those issues are as it applies to the BSDs and what could or should be done to resolve those issues. There are two different problems. The first is how to deal with GPL3 in the base systems, and the second problem is how to deal with the GPL3 in package management system, be it ports or package source. For the first part, it's about updating the GPL software we currently have in the systems. We are not that likely to update, for example, CVS. The two components where you want to do regular updates are GNUOF and the GCC, with GCC being the main critical point. It's actually not GCC itself we really strongly care about. The real problems are the libraries associated with it. So to use GCC output, you basically need libgcc and libc++ for C++ code. Those two have been under the GPL for a long time, but they had a special exception clause that allowed linking them with other code. This exception clause wasn't extended to the devolution clause in the GPL 3, so it's an interesting question whether a system that's uh, highly customized and, for example, where you don't want to allow tampering with it can actually be produced using GCC. There are currently some attempts to handle this situation. OpenBSD imported PCC. There is some work possible to get a replacement for GNUOF, which is the only major piece of C++ code in the BSD sources, all of them. And that would make it possible to still build a system, albeit somewhat slower. I don't know how we actually will deal with the GPL3, whether we will allow uh, certain pieces of code to be under GPL3 in the base system. I hope not, but I'm not the only person to ask. For the second part, how to deal with it in the package management systems. At least in package source, we already have a framework to deal with non-open source licenses, where a package is tagged to say, uh, okay, this is using like the Aladdin public license, and if you want to use this package, you have to say so in mkconf, there's a variable acceptable licenses, and package source won't allow you to build a package otherwise. We plan to extend this support to tag all packages with full licenses and especially tag GPL v3 packages. 
We are not there yet. There are some issues in the infrastructure primarily related to bulk builds to sort out first. So at the moment, we just add a comment to packages we update when they are moving to GPL3. But it will be handled so that ultimately the user can decide whether or not he wants a package that is under GPL3. At least you should be made aware of that. It should be mentioned that there's a project started by Todd Wierling on SourceForce to archive the last GPL2 versions of all the free software foundations work before they move to GPL3. Getting briefly back to Dragonfly, perhaps you can overview the differences between the Dragonfly jail implementation and the mainstream FreeBSD jail implementation. This is a subject that is quite hot this year and I know is of some importance to Will, but can you tell us about that? Basically, Dragonfly started from the FreeBSD4 version of the jail code, which wasn't changed that much in FreeBSD5 and 6. Basically, it was converted to the new authentication framework from Robert Watson for Mac and all the other things he's using it for, but the core wasn't changed very much. Recently in Dragonfly, a very critical patch was committed to add support for multiple IP addresses and uh, even more interesting to actually support IPv6 inside jails. And with that, one of the major problems with jails is essentially gone. They are much more powerful now and FreeBSD is still lacking that. The only alternative for FreeBSD right now is to use a virtualization patch. But I would say this one is quite quite a bit more heavy than just uh, fixing the code to allow multiple IP addresses. I understand that you have an idea for a K-Auth-based jail. Can you tell us about that? The nice part about K-Auth and NetBSD is it's already abstracting most of the security decisions and putting them into a single place, so it makes it easy to modify. So what we would need to get jails on NetBSDs, adding a field to um, the process struct and to the credentials, and with that, the decisions made on what route is allowed to do or not can be modified based on whether we are in jail or not. There's one major problem left, and that's how to deal with the translation of the local host address, which is quite nasty code. I'm I'm not sure yet uh, whether I want to really touch that area, but if I want to get jails inside NetBSD, and while I have a personal interest for that, I'll have to do it one way or the other. The virtualization approach is quite nice for that because it avoids special casing the jail code and some of the more interesting issues some applications have with jails. For example, Samba has some local patches in it to run under jails because of the specific handling of localhost. In my jail experience, I have also bumped into the fact that some daemons, such as syslog, bind to all addresses, and it's an external issue that needs to be considered carefully, and I do know the FreeBSD team has modified syslog accordingly. Do you expect to have any chaos-based jail code in 2007? I hope so. Um, I won't promise anything, because... For example, the power management work is quite a bit more critical for me right now, but I hope to be able to touch it soon and get some agreement from other developers involved in this area and get it sorted out. Given that you are such an extensive developer, can you tell us some about your development environment? What editor do you choose? How heavy a window manager do you use? I'm 
actually using quite a bit of the console only. Console in the sense of multiple X terms. I'm an Iron user, quite happy for that. Iron, yes. Iron is a non-overlapping window manager, which makes it quite handy if you have lots of X terms all over the place and you can switch between them using keyboard only. You see them all the time if they are not tapped and it's handy. I have to confess I'm also a user of the Midnight Commander. That's simply... Uh, I'm, I'm young enough to have actually started with DOS and Norton Commander and you can't get some habits out, but uh, it's useful for many things. What about your editor? I'm using both BI and the integrated editor of the Midnight Commander. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about today? I can't think of anything else I'm working on or have been working on recently. And I hope to get most of this uh, sorted out and into the tree for all users to benefit from. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to BSD Talk and safe travels after the conference. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking for many more interesting BSD Talk interviews. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me a message, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 135.